Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Grogan with Solutions for Solopreneurs, and we are continuing our series, Journey to Entrepreneurship. Today, we're chatting with Barbara, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself in just a second, but I want to make sure that you know where you are and why you are here. So this podcast was primarily focusing on... Thanks, honey. Thank you. Was primarily focusing on folks who were either just starting their entrepreneurial journey or they were really on the fence and trying to figure out if they even could get that, you know, do that as, um, a, as a career. So if you are someone who is in a nine to five job and you're just hating life and you dread going to work every day, this podcast is for you. If you're brand new to the entrepreneurial um, realm, then this podcast is for you because I want to make sure that everybody knows, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, you can launch a business and it can be successful and lucrative and change your life. Barbara, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yes, Jamie, I would love to. And, and let me first say thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm feeling very honored. And uh, I, I am basically what you just described. I was miserable in my job. I loved the work itself, but I didn't like um, the company politics and having to fight for yourself when you're just a sensitive person and, and how you were basically forced into becoming someone else to make a decent living within that company. And I felt like an alien and an outsider for most of my life. And um, I had wanted to start my own business, but I had so many frights and anxieties and panics and, and worries and, and all kinds of stuff going on, preventing me from actually taking that step. And uh, I think it's really important to let people know that they are not alone when they are experiencing these types of emotions and thoughts, and also to share with them um, how it can be different. So yeah, I, I am one of those people that you talked about and uh, eventually I made it to actually becoming an entrepreneur and right now I'm actually a serial entrepreneur owning uh, at the moment I think five companies. That's wonderful. Oh, I can't wait to hear some of your story. Um, it is um, a pleasure to have you and what I always say is whoever is meant to hear this will hear it and so mm -hmm. <clears throat> We are speaking from our hearts and from our own experiences to share with people so that, like you said, they don't feel like they're alone. Exactly. So, Barbara, I want you to tell us about your businesses and um, whichever one you want to focus on is completely up to you, but definitely touch on all of them that you have to offer. But if you could focus on one and talk about who you serve, how do you serve them, and why do you serve them? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, well, all of them have like this combining factor. So what, who I serve is um, what I now call the intuitive, intuitive ambitious alien, but they consist of highly sensitive people, they consist of introverts, but also extroverted introverts, empaths, intuitives, 
starseeds, light workers, um, healers, uh, and all kinds of um, relevant um, job descriptions that match those types of people. And that's why I now call them intuitive, ambitious aliens, because what they have in common is usually that they feel like they don't belong that they don't fit in, that nobody is like them. They feel like an outcast, an outsider, an alien. And they also feel like they need to change who they are in order to fit in and to be accepted and to have friends, to uh, have a partner, to have a good job. And they are basically forcing themselves to be someone that they are not. So that's the... the um, combining factor in in all my companies um but i actually started out with uh helping highly sensitive people that were in a burnout or close to a burnout or just in general experiencing too much stress because uh, i found out that i was a highly sensitive person i was already 32 when i found that out and that's common for a lot of highly sensitive people to just don't know that they are highly sensitive and then finding it out at a later age. And um, I also want to make clear, I don't like boxes. I don't like labels and a lot of us feel the same. But for me, finding out that I am highly sensitive, it just was the last piece of the puzzle. It explained so much about myself that I previously just didn't understand. Because being a highly sensitive person, and that's about 20% of the entire world's population, it has a significant meaning for your life, your relationships, your friends, and, and your work. So it's very important to get to know yourself and your own user manual really well, which is part of what I do, in order to create a life for yourself that makes your heart sing, which is another big part of what I do. So that's how to be in balance was born um, because I ended up in a burnout and I got to really know myself, but it took me four years with a lot of struggle and a lot of ups, but also a lot of downs. Right. And I thought this, there has to be a better way. And I combined everything that worked for me um, because I also found out that things work different when you are a highly sensitive person or an empath or an intuitive or a star seed or however you would like to call yourself. Things just work differently. And the more you understand that, the better your life is going to be. So that's why I started my first company to be in balance. And um, I'm also a licensed acupuncturist. So I also felt like I needed to have a separate company for my acupuncture activities because sometimes I also get people with inflammation or migraines that has nothing to do with high sensitivity and a burnout. So that was the second one. And then I started educating myself because as an entrepreneur, you are everything. You are the toilet girl, but you're also the director. You are the marketing That's department. Right. You are also the accountant. You are a sales, but you're also the therapist. So right. you need to learn a lot yeah. at being successful in your company. And at one point I found myself in a marketing course with all other highly sensitive entrepreneurs. And when they needed to tell what they were struggling with, there were all these topics that I was already doing within To Be In Balance, but then for people who had a boss. And I was like, wow, this is, this is something. I'm onto something. And then I started to Google, and then I found out that there was nobody 
helping highly sensitive entrepreneurs to be the best version of themselves they can be, to know how to keep themselves in balance, and then to have a successful, profitable, soulful business. Right. So I felt, oh, wow, this is my new calling. This is also what I am here to do, because especially when you are a small business owner, you are your company. That's right. So that means that how you are doing reflects how your company is doing. 100%. So that means that you need to make sure, yeah, right? Yes. That you are doing really well. Because if you are doing really well, then your company can do really well. Right. So then the HSP Entrepreneur Coach was born. And that's what I still love to do because I love um, the entrepreneurial spirit. I love the motivation. I love the eagerness. And that's the ambitious part of intuitive, right. ambitious aliens. And what I also found, and I don't know how it is for you, Jamie, but what I found is that my life improved significantly when I started my own business, because now I can mold my life around my wants and needs mm -hmm. instead of having to force myself into a role that somebody else described. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for instance, right. I am, I'm a night owl. Mm. I get my energy in the second part of the day and especially in the evening. And um, I cannot go to bed early and therefore I can also not rise early because right. that's not my natural rhythm. Right. But when you are working for a boss, you have to force yourself into an early rhythm, even if you're a night owl like me. That's right. That's right. Oh, and it's so frustrating too, because people who are around you and are not highly sensitive or an empath, they don't understand what your struggle is. No. So, so then what do you do? You internalize it and you say, yes. what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? You know, everybody around me is doing it. You know, like I always say that I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. Um, and it's very hard for me to really be, um, I don't know, sociable. That's a good word. It's hard for me to be sociable before noon, my mm -hmm. time, yeah. you know, like and, and, and then, and then I'm just as happy and bubbly as, as I want to be. But in the morning, even when I get up, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning, it still takes me an hour and a half just to literally, yes, want to, want to, you know, do something, you know, um, yeah. I love I that you period. Right, right. Um, and so I, I love how you said your natural rhythm because like my mother thought I was crazy when I quit my job. Yes. You know, this was family and friends also. Yeah. Right. This was a job that I had created. I created this position in this huge university and I felt like I had created my own jail mm -hmm. because I was so unhappy with so many aspects of that work environment yeah. that I was like, oh, I can't, you know, and it was just soul sucking, yes. you know, where I would be so depressed on the weekends. I would cry in my car before I went into work. Um, mm -hmm. 
for me, it even got so bad that at Sunday evening, I started to postpone going to bed because the moment you wake up, you have to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I so get that. I so get that. So tell us when, you know, you, when you kind of had that first spark of entrepreneurship, when, when was that? Like for me, I was 12 when it started. So when, when did it start for you? I think I've had it most of my life because since a very young age, I've always said, I want to do it, mama. <laughs> my mother told me from, I think uh, uh, when I could talk and walk, I was like, no, I need to do it. I want to do it myself. And I was always um, undertaking things and trying to be innovative. And uh, we have this very creative mind and we see um, solutions to problems that people don't even perceive as a problem, let alone have a solution to it. So I think it's, it was always there, but in our society, you get taught that you have to have a decent education and then you have to go and find a job. And then you have to find a partner and then you have to buy a house and then you have to have 2.5 children and a dog in a white picket <laughs> fence. And that's the that's way right. life should look. Yes, that's right. And for some people that might be the case, but what I see is so many miserable, pe- miserable people. For sure. So incredibly many miserable people. And, and the sad thing for me is that they think, well, this is how life is supposed to be everybody around me is miserable and you only have a job to pay your bills. You're not expected to like your job, but you know, your job is what you do for most of your time during the day. And if you are miserable in your job, then how can you possibly be happy outside of work? That's right. It's really hard. Yeah. So yeah, but in, in my family, everybody was having a job and nobody was an entrepreneur. So I also didn't have an example. I I, I sometimes see people whose parents were also an entrepreneur and then it's it's more natural to roll into it. So for me, it's, it's, it took a long time to actually get there. And I think the, the pivotal point that actually made me decide enough with this, I'm going to choose uh, uh, my heart, follow my heart, follow my intuition and do what I feel will make me happy was when I was in a serious car accident for my last job. And um, I had the tow truck tow me to work, even though the car was total, total. And I had troubles focusing. I still had the tow truck tow me to work because well, I was on my way to work. So I was in the, I'm going to work mode. And um, when I got there, I was incoherent. I was white as a sheet. Uh, I couldn't really answer questions. So they sent me home, which actually was a good thing. Um, And then I had to go to the company doctor and he told me I had a serious whiplash and uh, I couldn't work for two months and then he would like to see me again. And uh, we did that and I started, after two or three months, I started to work more hours and start to rebuild up towards full-time working again. And I think I was halfway when my boss invited me for a conversation and he told me, yeah, we, um, we wanna let you go, which is not allowed when you're still sick. But they said, we want to let you go 
because we think you are not motivated enough. And I was, I was shocked speechless. I didn't think you could have hurt me more if you had physically hit me in the face. Right. Oh my God. I had let myself be towed by the tow truck to work after a serious accident. And you tell me you want to fire me because I am not, not motivated. Wow. And that was for me like, I'm so done with this. Right. I'm so done with the struggle, with the hardship, with the miserableness, with the not being appreciated because that for us highly sensitive people, empath people, intuitive people, it's more important than money. Being appreciated, being valued, making a difference. It's so much more important than earning a high salary. Yeah, absolutely. So then the question was naturally, well, if you don't want to do this, then what else? Right. What else are you going to do? Right. And that for me signaled the time when I started soul searching. What would make me happy? If there are no bears in the road, if everything is possible, money is no objection, what would you really like? Mm. What would give you that satisfaction? Right. What would give you that motivation? What could give you that feeling of actually making a difference? Yeah. And... Um, Eventually, I came to the conclusion that for me, it was about helping people. Yes. I couldn't think of something better than to have someone with a problem, help them overcome it, see them becoming happy and empowered and embodied, and then doing what makes their heart sing. For me, that was just the ultimate yeah. And that's how the idea of becoming an entrepreneur and the idea of my company actually came to fruition. That is amazing because there are so many times when I know I should be doing something and I have a list of 50 things to do, but I can just barely get dressed. Hmm. You know, there are some days when it's that bad. Yes. And I shouldn't say bad because I've learned now with the ebbs and flows of how my, my spirit is that I just need to, I just need to flow with it. I just need to, you know, uh, on those days when I don't feel like doing something, you know, I get the stuff done that has been, you know, that I've had a commitment, you know, that I've said, I'll do this. But then I spend the day meditating, journaling, you know, and whatever. Walking. Yes, walking. Um, I spend time with my dogs, you know, those kind of things. And I'm getting to a point now where I don't beat myself up because of those days. Very, right? very good. Yeah. But it's a struggle. It's a struggle because even as an entrepreneur, you have deadlines and you have, you know, um, work that needs to get done. Um, but that's what our society um, places on us, that right. burden, so to right. say. And that's what you see when you work for a boss. And I've had this question and people struggling with exactly what you are telling um, a lot within my practice. And I used to struggle with it, same as you. And I think everybody will struggle with it until they learn to tune into your natural flow. I now not plan per day, but I said like a guideline for the week. And then um, when my 
subconsciousness knows that something needs to be done in that week, then I now trust that there will come a moment when I am in the optimal energy and then just ram it out and then it's gone. Even if I haven't done anything the rest of the week, there will come a moment when I do what I am supposed to do. And it's all about trusting in that moment, trusting mm. in that flow and just let it happen instead of trying to make it happen. Right, right, absolutely. Um, I have a um, mastermind that I do for content creation because that it's a huge obstacle for people you know, yes. that are highly sensitive. And so in my um, mastermind, I talk a lot about harnessing the power of the days when you feel like you can conquer the world. Exactly. And when you have those days, that those are the days when you write as much content, you do as many videos, you know, and, and with that mastermind, I give a calendar and it has topic suggestions on it. So you take that calendar and you circle the topics that you feel like you could talk about today and you write posts, excuse me, or do videos or do audio memos, whatever, you know, that you want to do. And then you just schedule out that content so yeah. that you're not, you know, sitting there on the days when you don't feel like doing anything Very trying smart. to create content. This is one of the obstacles I ran into, uh, especially in the beginning of starting a company. And this is a very smart way of dealing with that. Yeah, very smart. Yeah, and I love teaching that to people because batching for me changed my business. It mm -hmm. changed it because I was looking back on the content that I created and you could tell the days when I was felt really good and then the days when I didn't. You could see it in the content. You could see it in the videos and the way that I wrote. So yes. that's when I realized, okay, this every day doesn't work for me. No. Doing this every day, sitting at the computer, trying to think of something to talk about when I'm not feeling, out yes, yeah. trying to force it, you know, trying to force it, like you said. And it's, it's so valuable for people to hear that it's okay not to have a great day. Yes. And, and, and I want to even take that further because that's negative self-talk. Yeah, it's more about a self-care day. There, right. We tend to give 200% of ourselves. Mm. We only have go as a mode. And that means that you put a lot of energy and a lot of heart and a lot of yourself into everything right. that you do. But that also means that you deplete your energy. And that naturally means that there need to be days in which you walk in your pajama the entire day, or you just meditate the entire day, or you just go into nature the entire day and don't think about your business at all. That is, oh, that's so spot on. I never thought of it that way. That's amazing, Barbara, because it gives you permission to just follow your natural rhythm like you said and who you are as a person so you're yes. saying you give everything on those days that you feel great and then you replenish on the days that you need to um, exactly. that's self-care that's amazing that's a huge piece for me um because you know i i'm one of those people who 
are challenged with anxiety and depression. Um, mm. And so I, because I am an empath and I feel everything, there are times when I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't mm. want to see anybody. Yeah. I don't want to answer text messages. I you know, the phone, pull out the <laughs> Yes, yes. And I, I just recently started um, um, using doTERRA oils. Yeah. Because I'm trying really hard, you know, to say to myself, this is, you know, you're, you're giving everything to people. You need to then invest back into yourself. Um, yes. And that's what the doTERRA oils. Um, like ebb and flow. Right. Basically. And you have moments in which you flow very much. And then you have moments in which you need to draw back and re-energize so that you can flow again right and that's your natural rhythm and the more you are in tune with that natural rhythm and who you actually are so call it your true self your authentic self um doesn't really matter but the person that you naturally are the more you adhere to that the more you get to know that person and act accordingly the more you will enjoy life um but it's because of society and what i call rules bullshit rules mm. that have been handed down about the way things should be right <laughs> that we get into like a mind struggle because you feel like you need to you, you for instance you need to work hard to be successful you need to work at your company every day to get new clients but who says that that is the case right and who says that it is the case for you? Maybe for some people it is, but maybe right. for you something different works. So don't be afraid to explore your natural flow. Right. Oh, I love that. And those bullshit rules that you talk about, that's, and, and that is so important for people to understand that just because it works for other people does not mean it's going to work for you. And, oh. and stop trying to put yourself into that little box, you know? And I did that for years. I'm in my late 40s. And I'm just now in the last two years figuring out that it's okay for me to be exactly who I am. Exactly. <laughs> it is perfectly okay to be just Jamie with right. everything that comes with it. Yeah. Right. I love that. Knowing yourself is so, so, so important. Um, yeah. for your happiness, for the people around you, their happiness, mm -hmm. um, you know, so talk a little bit about your family and, um, your support system and how you engage with people who are maybe not so supportive. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> also an excellent question. I, I just, I only wanted to quickly add uh, about the topic that we just almost closed um this is exactly why i now launched the podcast and my podcast is called being 100 yourself and it's about everything that we just talked about so it's an important part of not only being an entrepreneur but just being happy in your own skin in general that's perfect so that's that's important what's, and um what's the name of the podcast again 100 being 100 yourself okay 100 yourself with barbara actually okay all right, perfect. I'm going to put the link um, in the show notes so that we can get you some more listeners because that is so, so important. And I feel like it's important also 
for other people who aren't highly sensitive and empaths to know, you know, to be educated on that. Because I, like you said, 20% of the population. So that means everybody knows somebody who is highly sensitive and, and empathic. So it used to put it into perspective, left-handed people right. are 11% of wow. the world. So there are more highly sensitive people than there are left-handed people. Wow. And everybody knows somebody that's left-handed. That's right. So the highly sensitive people are even more than right. that. Oh, that's great. That's a great statistic. And for people who, like I have friends who just don't understand you know, no. sometimes when I just don't answer them all day and the next mm. day they're like, what was wrong? What? And, and I, you know, and I literally don't know what to say because I, I, I just didn't want to talk to anybody. And then they're like, well, were you mad at me? Did I do something? And I'm like, yeah. no, I just, I just didn't want to talk to, it's not just yeah. you. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And then they're like, oh, you know, and then they kind of get their feelings hurt a little. And mm -hmm. so I think educating people who aren't that way is great yes. too. This is a question that I get asked a lot. So how do you handle people who just don't understand? And I always say it's not about understanding because if you are not a highly sensitive person or an empath or an intuitive, you simply cannot understand. Right. So right. stop trying to understand. It's not your job to understand. It is your job to accept. Ooh. Accept that this is the way it works for me. Accept that I have these days in which I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't expect you to understand. I just hope that you will accept right. that I am this way. That's and that's what it's about. It's not about understanding because you cannot. If you right. are not like us, you cannot understand. No matter how hard you try, right. it's just impossible for you to understand so i don't expect you to understand but i do expect you to just let me be me and accept that this comes with me being me right right that's, that's just and it's powerful for us to hear that to say stop trying to help them understand just you know educating them and saying this is just who i am mm -hmm. you know um that's so you don't important. have to understand, but just accept that this is right. how I am. Right. I love yeah. it. So tell us about your support system and how you, you know, um, deal with, and I don't, I don't want to sound, I don't want that to sound negative, but how you, you know, um, interact with people who aren't necessarily sensitive um, people. Yeah. Well, um, I don't really have a big support system. And I think that that is common for a lot of highly sensitive people. We tend to be a bit loners and we don't have like a group of 20 or 30 friends. I think you are very lucky if you have one really, really good friend or maybe two or maybe three, but usually it's just one or two really good friends that are there whenever you need them. And I'm lucky enough to have two of those that are there for me when I really need it. And um, I also have a mother that is highly sensitive. And it's, it's actually a funny story because I never knew I was highly sensitive. So the moment I found it out and found out parts about myself that I previously didn't understand, I went to my mom and I told the mom, I finally know what's wrong with me because then I still called it being something being wrong with me. I said, I am a highly sensitive person. 
And her response was, yes, child, I know I am one too, but it's not something to be proud of. And I was like, okay, why? And then she told me, and this comes from her mother, so my grandmother, um, her mother had taught her that it's easier in life when you don't put your head above everybody else, when you are just similar to everybody else. Because if you stick your head out, stick your neck out, you also weather a lot of storms, you get a lot of uh, opposition and a lot of issues, and that means a lot to deal with. So her strategy to be was to be just like everybody else or aspire to be as much like everybody else as you possibly can be but that also means that you are denying an essential part of who you are right. because you are trying to be someone you are not That's right. you're trying to suppress everything that makes you your wonderful self right and that's what her mother had taught her, but her mother had learned it from my great grandmother. Right. So that's one of those bullshit rules, rules that be, has been handed down um, in, in, in your family generations. To it's, it's easier when you are just like everybody else, but that's not true. Right. Because it's not easy not being yourself. It's not easy constantly having to act it's not easy to feel like an outsider, to feel like you don't fit in. It costing you tons and tons of energy. And it most certainly makes you miserable, feeling like you're living in a jail, feeling unaccepted, uh, unloved, and, and usually feeling like you're not good enough when you are yourself. Wow. So wow. My mother is actually now learning so much from me. She is learning to accept herself. She is learning about her high sensitivity. She is learning to let go of the rules uh, that her mother has taught her. And she says, "Well, I'm I, you. I, she's my number one fan." She says, "I'm I'm. You're my hero. You're just so um, amazing that you. I I gave you the same education my mother gave me." but you are just, you're, you're your own woman. You are doing your own thing and you're not scared of anything. And well, just between you and me and everybody listening, <laughs> that's not true. Right, right. I do have fears and I right. am scared, but it's, it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. That's right. It's not letting yourself be stopped when you feel in your gut, when you feel in your heart, in your intuition, or whatever you want to call it, when you feel that this is the most logical next step for you, or this is going to make you happy, even though nobody understands it, even though everybody calls you crazy, um, because that's what I've been called when I started Be sure. uh, my company. Yeah. I had a really good job with a really high salary yeah. and nobody understood why I gave that up to become a struggling entrepreneur. Right. Because let's face it, you are a struggling entrepreneur when you first start out. For sure. That's just for everybody. For, for a few years. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. no entrepreneur alive. I, can, I, can, I think I can honestly say that. There's nobody that has become a multi-million entrepreneur from day one. Right. Yeah, no. It just doesn't no. happen. No, it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. That's, so, that's um, what a gift your mother has given you in saying, basically she's saying, you are just like me, but you stepped outside 
of what I've taught you to be. Um, And that to me is very, very brave, very brave. My mother used to say to me all the time, Jamie, you wear your heart on your sleeve. Mm -hmm. And that's why you get hurt so often Mm -hmm. and so easily. Yes. And she used to say to me all the time, you know, crying doesn't solve anything. It's a, it's a sign of weakness. Don't be so sensitive. You need to learn to let things go. Don't take everything so personal. Absolutely. All of those things. And I remember thinking, I wish I could be more like her because she was very logical, is very logical and um, is very much black and white, you know, Mm. nothing bothers her. So when I was in the position um, that I created and I was just miserable and there was bullies um, at work that just relentlessly attacked me and made, made my life hell. Mm-hmm. And nobody in my life could understand why it affected me so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, and for my youngest daughter, she is a highly sensitive empath. Um, and so I say all the time, I was meant to be her mom mm-hmm. so that I could break that, that, tradition of telling her there's something wrong with you because you're sensitive because you're um you you want to help the world and you feel things you know my my youngest daughter um i i i know with every fiber of my being that i was meant to be her mom so -hmm. that she did not have to go through what i went through as a child and growing up um highly sensitive um it's amazing you know, to know that, I mean, mm-hmm. really know that, um, yes. and, and help her navigate these waters of being a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, so your support system, because, and it's funny, as you were talking about your friends, I was thinking to myself, I have a lot of people who consider me their friends. Yes. Right. I have a ton mm-hmm. of people who consider me to be their friend, but yeah. do I have one or two people who are super supportive and accept me for who I am? Not really. I used to not have any of those two. It was actually when somebody was nice to me and they did it twice, they were already my friend. Right. And I see it with a lot of highly sensitive people. So we call people our friends very quickly right. when they're nice to us. And that's part of wanting to fit in wanting to feel like you belong, wanting to feel like you've been accepted. Right. Um, and then you call people very quickly your friend, but I've also found um, multiple occasions actually in which, uh, for instance, my relationship ended and then you really need someone to be there for you. Yes. And I've always been there for everyone, you know, here. above and beyond. And then when I actually needed someone, nobody was there. Right nobody and then you start to question the friends label right and now i think um you need to earn my friendship Mm. my i would do everything for you and maybe even die for you kind of friends loyalty yes Yes. and i can call people uh, sometimes i call them friends but i have categories in friends Mm. so you can be someone I am acquainted with and you can be uh, someone that I actually like but 
to become a part of my inner circle, so to say, right. of really trusted people. That's something you have to earn now. Right. And previously, you immediately went to that circle. Right, right. I, I, I agree with that. And I, as I'm thinking now, I do have one friend. She lives far, um, but I do have this one friend. Her name is Anne, um, who accepts me 100% for who I am. She never, you know, judges me. Um, and she does support me in everything I do. And I was trying to think in my head, what the difference between her and you know 98% of the other people who call me their friend is and what dawned on me is whenever i we have a conversation and we're talking about something she never asks me questions that put me on the defensive like well why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that or well if it was me you know, those kinds of questions and, and statements. Um, most of my friends do that. Most of my family do that. Yes. Um, so for you as a highly sensitive person, speaking to the audience who 20% are highly sensitive people, what would you say to them if they're like, not sure if they truly have it in them to start or continue being an entrepreneur? I would say, call me, email me, but just talk to me because I can help you figure out why you are feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And it can be that you are right, that you are not cut out to be an entrepreneur because about 70% of all highly sensitive people are introverted. Mm -hmm. That means they get energy from being alone. And that also means that they don't like to give workshops or presentations or webinars. Right. And for most entrepreneurs, that, that's the way they get business. Right. I also know an entrepreneur, she calls herself the sensitive hermit. She is very much an introvert, but she's also very successful in her company. So being an introvert does not mean that you cannot have a successful business, but it does mean that you have to take your sensitive nature and your introversy into account when creating a business for yourself. Right. So I can help with that part. Um, but it can also be that it's just not for you. And I can also help you discover that part that you are better off doing someone else, something else. And it can help to just talk things through with, with someone who knows what they are talking about. And I, I would love to do that for people. I have like a free 30 minute virtual coffee break uh, that they can do with me and just get clear on these things. Um, but the other 30% is extroverted and then not extroverted in the sense of introvert and extrovert that you normally have. Because all highly sensitive people in nature, I think, are introvert, but you have the extroverted introvert. Right. And I am an extroverted introvert, for instance, and I'm also what they call an HSS, a high sensation seeker. So mm. that means that I like to take risk. I like to um, give webinars. I like to give presentations. I like to be a speaker and take my podium yeah. because that also gives me a thrill. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I when it becomes too much, I also shut myself off. Mm -hmm. I also need my alone time, my me time, my quietness, and nobody around. Right. So 
a lot of people get confused right. in that area also because they think an introvert always gets energy from being alone, but I also get energy from being with people. Yeah. But sometimes also only when I am alone. So right. uh, when you are an extroverted introvert and also a high sensation seeker, then it's like having one foot on the gas pedal right. and one foot on the brake. Right. And then there are moments when it's too quiet and you're too much by yourself and you need people. Right. You need to get out. Yeah. You want to go dancing or you want to connect with people. <laughs> and then like this, it can become too much and you want to shut yourself off from the entire world and draw back. So it's important amazing. to amazing. learn who you are. If you are an introverted or an extroverted introvert or a high sensation seeker and you need to learn everything that comes with it and then you can create a company that adheres to your strengths and also become aware of your weaknesses and maybe hire somebody to do those parts of your company right. for you so that you can focus on the things that give you energy. Right. So it is not necessarily true that you are not cut out to be an entrepreneur. It can be that you need to make some minor or sometimes major changes in your company to have it actually suit your needs um, so that it gives you energy. And the best way to figure that all out is to just talk to somebody who can help you figure it out. Right. And I'd love to be that person for everybody that's listening that feels that they need such a person in their life. Awesome. So how would people get in touch with you? What's the best way um, to reach out? Well, I am on all social media platforms almost. I am on Pinterest, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter uh, with uh, HSP coach Barbara and then Barbara with an E. Um, so you will find me there. I also have a YouTube channel. It's also slash HSP Coach Barbara, um, where I do something that I call HSP TV. I answer a lot of questions from highly sensitive people. Um, so you can also get to know me better. Um, you can go to one of my websites, either uh, www.hspentrepreneurcoach.com or www. Uh, hspcoachbarbara.com or www.tobeinbalance with the number two.com. Um, connect with me there or find my podcast 100% Yourself with Barbara. There are a lot of ways. Um, awesome. To get it's so funny because I'm the same way. I have so many websites and so many arms of my business and people are always telling me how bad that is and how I have yeah. to pick one and focus on just that yeah. one. And I'm always like, that does not work for me. That doesn't work for me because I need different things. And I, like you said, the um, um, oh, what high sensation, high seek. What, sure. what was, what was it? High sensation seeker. I, I've never heard that before, and that is totally me. Yes, one hundred percent. That's who I am, and that's so weird to me that I've never heard of that. This is this is why I do this podcast is because I want to amplify the messages of the people who can help heal. Mm -hmm. Because you and I are, you know, we might as well be, you know, different sides of the same coin because everything you're talking about is exactly the way that my natural rhythm goes, but I've never heard somebody put it into such a succinct 
message. And so thank you for that. And I'm sure there are tons of people listening that are saying the same things like, oh my gosh, that's who I am. Because, mm -hmm. you know, people are, my mother used to say to me all the time, Jamie, you're doing too much. You're doing too, too much. So find I, one I, thing and focus on it. It's, it's, it is one of our pitfalls. As a highly sensitive person or maybe an empath, uh, we are multi-talented and also multi-interested. Right. So that means that we like a lot of things and we tend to be good at a lot of things. So that's both a blessing, but right. also it can be a problem right. because it can also lead to starting a lot of things and never finishing anything and just leaving everything half done. So that's also part of knowing your own user manual really well and knowing that this is the case for you. And then also knowing how to handle that behavior right. in a way that it's becoming a strength instead of a pitfall or a block. Right. That's amazing, Barbara. Thank you so much for your time. This was invaluable for me and for my listeners. And I know that you're going to help a lot of people. And so um, what I'm going to do in the show notes, I'm going to put all of your contact information um, and just awesome. amplify your message. Thank you so I'm very much. Glad. For thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.